0: following is a presentation of Emerald fellowship a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of christ for more information and other podcasts visit amaryllis amen amen so if you go ahead and grab those buckets and go ahead and pass them on down drop the offering in there also the connection card in there some ushers will be by in just a second to pick those things up hey our connect group started this past week but it is Woo! yeah But it's not too late to get in. In fact, if you're not in a group yet, you want to go get back there at the back little round table there at the kind of blocking your way almost as you go out. We try to trip you up, do everything we can to get your attention going, connect groups, connect groups right here. So uh, go there and just sign up, get get a pamphlet and uh, just like I told the group last week, you don't have to pray about it anymore. God says it's okay for you to get in a group. So just go ahead and get in a group and you're going to be glad that you did. Hey, let's stand up today. We're going to make some declarations over our life. We love to speak words of life, amen? Now, I want to encourage you about this all the time because it's easy for some of us because we have some people in our lives that are a little bit ornery and a little bit grumpy that wake up occasionally grumpy and they don't speak words of life to kind of fall into, Yeah, hands are going up all over, um... (laughs) Uh, It's not you, of course. I know you're talking about somebody else. But, you know, we kind of start speaking the wrong things over our life. It's very easy for us to do that. And we just want to train ourselves to, to catch that when we're speaking wrong things and only speak words of life. I know some of you are still like, Pastor Richie that is just too weird I don't know anything about that I want to encourage you to try it Take a month we're, you know, we're at the end of January Take the month of February It's the love month anyway So go ahead and just decide this month You're going to speak love You're going to speak kindness to everyone And watch how it changes you It'll change the atmosphere of your home Your, your workplace It's powerful So let's make these declarations over our life You ready? God is who he says he is God will do what he says he will do I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Amen? Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 16. John chapter 16 verse 7. I want to begin a new series today called Faith Is. And Just so you know, I'm going to be kind of laying a little bit of a foundation for it, and it's really um, kind of going to be the foundation for the series. So uh, it's a little meaty today, all right? So I know that y'all are spiritually mature and can really take hold of this, but I want us to begin looking at faith in a way that we may have never looked at faith before. You know, I recognize every Sunday when I'm talking to people, I'm talking to people who are very mature in the faith, and even some people here who are very immature, even all the way to people who don't even actually, aren't, aren't yet actually walking in the life of faith. And so I, I understand that as I'm talking today, but I, I'm hoping that we're going to look at faith like we've never understood it before, that we're going to see it in a whole new light so that we understand that, first of all, we are a people of faith followers of Jesus Christ, we're a people of faith. We're not a people of feeling. We're not a people of situational decision making. We're a people of faith. That we are a people of faith and we're going to therefore live by faith. Therefore, we're going to fight the good fight of faith. This is what Paul admonished Timothy to do, was to fight the good fight of faith. Learning how to stand your ground, trust in the promises of God, and get your feet rooted upon the word of God. See, listen, for too long the enemy has been coming into people's lives and bringing destruction into people's lives. People are just laying down and rolling over and allowing the enemy to steal from them, to kill them, and to destroy things in their life. In fact, there was a song years and years ago sang by Harvest that went like this. Are we walking into the enemy's camp Laying our weapons down Shedding our armor as we go Leaving it on the ground We've got to be strong in the power of his might Prove to the enemy That we are the army of the Lord And we've won the victory I know some of you got distracted by the fact that I was actually sort of carrying a tune, but I want you to hear those words again. Are we walking into the enemy's camp and laying our weapons down? See, again, it's easy for us to fight the good fight of faith when we're in a time of peace, right? Everybody looks awesome as a soldier when we're in time of peace, but it's when bullets start whizzing by you that you really understand what kind of a soldier that you actually are. That you learn how to actually fight the good fight of faith. That you learn how to stand your ground. Listen, we aren't ever, ever, ever as children of God fighting for victory. We're always fighting from a position of victory. That the enemy is coming in because we live in a fallen world. So fallen things sometimes come into our life. Sometimes we got some sickness in our bodies. Sometimes we got some financial issues. Sometimes we got some relationship issues. And when that happens, we have to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. To learn how to stand our ground. Now listen, here's what the enemy's desire is, is he wants to keep truth hidden from you. It's one of the reasons why when you're sitting in a service like this, that chair gets really cozy. And you kind of find yourself going off into la-la land, and you start hearing about every third word that I hear. Right? Or now's the time you got to update your Facebook, right? Oh man, I just can't wait till after church, i got to know what's going on, what's happening out there it's because the enemy doesn't want you to understand truth. He doesn't want you to understand truth because if you start to actually understand truth and start walking in truth, it will significantly change your life. Last week we we looked at the book of John and I want to look at it again today, John chapter what did I say 16? John chapter 16. The, work, the book of John, again, he dedicated nearly half of the book to the last week of Jesus' life. To the last words of Jesus' life. And listen, when, when you know that your life is about ready to end, it changes everything. You're not after frills. You're, you're doing the most important things. And Jesus, on the night that he was going to be betrayed, is talking to his disciples. And he starts talking about two things. And the first one is about Relationships. We talked about that last week. And again, I want to encourage you, if you are not in a connect group, you need to be in a connect group. You need to be in relationship with other people. Because listen, the more people you invite into your life, the greater life you actually walk in. Because there are people all around you that have walked through some things in life. They've dealt with some things in life that when you start to go through that or deal with it, they can help you. Moms and dads, we get this, don't we? When, you're, when your kids are devastated because the person that they were going to marry broke up with them, and they're devastated, and life is over, you're like, dude, there's going to be another one. It's going to be okay, right? And when, you, when you've walked through some stuff, you've got some stuff to give away. So we need each other. So he talked about relationship. The other thing that he talked about was the Holy Spirit, I know sometimes we're kind of trying to wrap our mind around, you know, I don't really understand or get the Holy Spirit. Well, I want to let you know that back at guest services, we've got a little pamphlet right here. It says, Understanding the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's going to help you unpack some stuff. It's a free gift if you want to swing by at the end of the service and pick it up. Because Jesus starts talking about the Holy Spirit to come, and he was going to lead them into all truth. So what the Holy Spirit, one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit is to reveal truth to us. So if you have your Bibles there, John chapter 16, it says this. I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Jesus is saying, I'm going away, but it's to your advantage. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, the helper that he's talking about here is the Holy Spirit. He goes on, verse 13. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come... Again, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. So the question for us today is, who is the teacher? It's not me. My my prayer is that for you and for me, the teacher is going to be the Holy Spirit who is going to guide us into all truth. See, one of the things I love about even preaching is sometimes I say things that I hadn't actually planned on saying. I know that sounds like a little Russian roulette with my words, and it can be a little scary from time to time. But there are sometimes I say things that I had never thought about before because the Holy Spirit is speaking through me, and I'm hearing that, I'm going, ooh, that's good. And I'm not saying, well, oh, yeah, Richie, way to go. I'm saying the Holy Spirit is speaking through us all the time and revealing truth to us. Listen, this is why the world has a hard time with truth. Have you noticed that? If you've watched the news, you know that the world has a hard time with truth. In fact, some of you have people in your life that they would actually rather lie than tell the truth, even when telling the truth would be easier than lying. They would. It's, it's amazing. And the world has a hard time with truth because truth is revealed by the Holy Spirit. And if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it means that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you today. And he's here today to reveal truth to you. But here's why I believe that some Christians are not walking in all that God has provided for them. Why they aren't seeing the results in their life, like healing and blessing and all these different things that I'm talking about all the time. You're going, Pastor Richie, you're saying all these things, but they're not happening in my life. Here's why it's not happening. It's because too often we are believing a lie. Now, we don't know it's a lie, but we are believing a lie. And whenever we are believing a lie, the Holy Spirit of truth cannot bear witness with a lie. See, the Bible says this in 1 Peter 2, 24. Let me ask, to think about this, how much this challenges your faith. By whose stripes, talking about Jesus, by whose wounds you were healed right. so i'm rich i'm praying to be healed no you already are healed if you're a child of god it's already been provided for you yeah. philippians 419 and my god shall supply all your need according to his riches not according to the economy in glory by christ jesus see now your body may be telling you that you're sick Your bank account may reflect a low or a deficit balance, but the Holy Spirit has not come to bear witness with natural facts. Okay, really follow me here. He has come to bear witness and to guide you into all truth. Natural facts are subject to change. Truth is not. Natural facts can change. Truth will not. Let me give you an example from your life. Some of you have gone through some stuff in the last few months or last year that you didn't know if you were going to make it through it. You didn't know if you were going to get through in your marriage. You didn't know if you were going to get through this health issue. You didn't know. And now you're out on the other side and you're going, oh, I guess those were natural facts and they're subject to change because truth is not subject to change. In fact, your body may be in pain. It may be a fact that you don't have money in your bank account. That's a fact. But the truth is, by whose stripes you were healed. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Listen this. The more that you believe a fact instead of the truth. Now, I'm not saying that what you're looking at doesn't exist. Okay? If you're going to work and you got snot running down your nose and you look horrible like somebody's been punching you in the face all night, you don't have to go in and go, yeah, I'm not sick. All right? You can acknowledge, yes, I am sick, but the Word of God says, by His stripes, I'm healed. All right? So I'm not, not saying that it isn't real, but the more you believe a temporary fact over an eternal truth, the more you are resisting the Holy Spirit to lead you into all truth. See, the problem with some of you is you're just too dadgum smart. You are. You've got a very pragmatic, intellectual mind. And so when anything contradicts your logical reasoning, you resist it. You're, and you're actually resisting the Holy Spirit to lead you into all truth. Just so you know, our ways are not God's ways. Alright, God's ways are much bigger, much higher, much more extravagant than our ways. And so what we have to start doing is we have to start actually believing Him before we fully understand it. So that we walk in and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. See, you've had people in your life that, especially maybe it was again with your kids, that you're trying to teach them something, you're trying to tell them something, but they haven't walked what you've walked and you're trying to help them understand something. And they're not getting it, so they keep resisting it, so they keep stumbling, keep following, having all these mistakes and problems. Right? It's because they're not believing and receiving you speaking something into their life. That's what the Holy Spirit has come to do, is to guide us into all truth. So when we come to church or whenever we're hearing the word of God, it's important that we get a revelation of God's truth. His word, listen, we've not come to hear psychology. I hope you haven't come to hear philosophy, and I certainly hope you haven't come to hear man's opinion, all right? Because opinions are like armpits. Everybody has them, and some of them stink, right? But we have come to receive God's truth. I hope today you're like, man, Holy Spirit, teach me about this. I'm here to receive God's truth. Listen, here's what Jesus said in John 8. He said, and you shall know the truth. That word know is the the Greek word "gnosko," and it means to know absolutely. And the truth shall make you free, or the truth shall set you free. That you, when you know it, absolutely. Now, you can know a truth right now. By his stripes you're healed. You can go, yeah, okay, I am. Sickness comes in your body. What do you believe in that moment? The fact or the truth? You want to know what you believe? Listen to what you're saying. Oh, I'm sick. 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 Oh, I'm just going to always be sick. I'm always going to be sick like this. I thought Pastor Reed said I wasn't going to be sick. I never said you weren't going to be sick. I said, by his stripes, you are healed. So you start speaking truth and stop declaring the facts. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And this is why so many people are living in bondage today. Because when people are struggling to receive the truth, it's either because they don't have the spirit of truth in them meaning they've never really given their life to Christ, or they're not listening to the spirit of truth that is on the inside of them speaking to them. Because you're hearing that still small voice, but your mind is yelling louder than the still small voice. It's just making sense. So what we have to learn to do is to get our lives, get our thinking in alignment with the spirit of truth, to live simply by faith. I don't care what's happening around me, I'm living by faith. I've shared this before, but in the area of forgiveness, if you'll live by faith, it will change your life. If you make a choice right now, God has forgiven me of so much, therefore I can forgive all of these people that have done me wrong. Because how many of you know, compared to what you've done wrong against God, no one can ever do anything bad enough to be greater than what you've done against God? And when you begin to understand that he has completely forgiven you and you begin to receive that forgiveness, you begin to live a life of faith, you make a choice ahead of time. I'm just forgiving everybody. So somebody says something mean to you, oh, I forgive them. Somebody cuts you off in traffic or takes your parking spot at the church, oh, I forgive them. And you walk away. You don't walk around carrying all this junk. It's called living a life of faith. See, God's system of seeing result is built on believing and receiving. The world's system is built on doing and achieving. God takes ordinary people like you and me, and he does extraordinary things in our lives for his purpose and his glory. I still have people argue with me all the time about God's desire to bless us. And you know, as as I've said many times, if you want to fight for the right to be broke and poor and unhealthy, knock yourself out. But we're simply choosing to believe in the goodness of God. Now, here's the catch. We've got to make sure that it doesn't become about what God does, but who God is. See, what God does is just tangible evidence of his goodness. Because you can't say God's good if he never does anything good in your life. But when you know he's doing good in your life, even when you don't understand what he's doing in your life right now, when you know he's good, you can rest in it. You can walk in it and you go, God, I know that you've got this thing under control. So if we want to see the truth of God's promises showing up in our life, you have to live the life of faith. Faith in what, Pastor Richie? Faith in God and faith in his grace. See, when you live the life of faith, the focus of your life is recognizing that every blessing that comes into you and I's life is because of God's grace. We didn't pray enough this week, now we've deserved it and earned it. We, we didn't read enough of the Bible that now we've qualified for something. It's simply because of God's grace. His grace is his unearned, undeserved, and unmerited favor. It means it's undeserving. How many undeserving people do we have here today? All of us, right? Some of you didn't lift your hand. I see your hands today. All of us are undeserving, every one of us. And, and so because of God's favor is given to undeserving people, the reason why it is is because it's undeserving, unmerited. You, you can't do anything to earn it. Isn't it amazing, God's grace? You know, for years we sang that song, Amazing Grace, but I'm telling you, when you begin to understand how amazing God's grace actually is, it will literally floor you. You don't have to do anything to have the favor of God on your life. Some of you got to hear that because you grew up like me and it was always about earning. You got saved by grace, but after that, it's work your tail off, right? You don't do anything to have the favor of God on your life. You just need to live the life of faith and believe and receive God's favor into your life. Once the favor begins to manifest in your life, it transforms you and it brings about life change. Suddenly, you recognize it's not about you. It's completely about him. The only thing that it's about you is who we are hidden in him, in Christ Jesus. It transforms you. But you've got to be careful not to get the cart before the horse. Because again, a lot of people thinking, I've got to work for the favor. I've got to work so that God blesses me. Listen, I have to walk some things out. But I'm only walking it out because I know God's so good that therefore I want to follow the path that he's leading me on. Husbands, we are called to love our wives as Christ loved the church all the ladies said, amen. So what that means is we're willing to sacrifice ourselves for her. We're willing to turn off the TV so we can listen to her. A lot of guys nodding their head today. It means that we are trusting in the promises of God. We've got to make sure, though, it's not about what we do to make something happen. Because of what has already happened, we want to walk out what God has done. Is this making sense today? All right? Listen, living by grace, getting what we don't deserve, instead of living by merit, getting what we think we deserve, requires you and I to live a life of faith. Listen, it isn't always easy to live by faith. In fact, right now, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So as I'm talking, right now, your faith's being built up and you're thinking, okay, man, that's right, Pastor Richie, we're going to live by faith. Then you get out and about Monday or Tuesday, something happens and you're going, oh, wait a second. Right? It's harder to live by faith when you're actually forced to live by faith. To say, God, I trust you. I'm not being punished. God, I know you're still in my life. I know you're still working through me. God, I trust you. In fact, the way that you can tell when you're living by faith is how you respond in adversity. It's a testing of your faith. Listen, we hate tests. Anybody else hate tests? Oh, man, we hate tests. But you know what tests do? They reveal what it is you actually know and believe. And so when I get tested in my faith, I know in that moment, what do I believe? What do I, what do I open up my mouth and begin to say? It's, it's hard sometimes to live the life of faith. In fact, the apostles experienced this. In fact, here's what they asked Jesus in Luke 17. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Lord, we're, wow, this is amazing, all the things you're asking. God, would you increase our faith? So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith. It's this, it's this, now faith is, all right? the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen the faith is the substance that seeing tangible evidence of the goodness of god even before the evidence of the thing is actually seen in our lives things that we're hoping for well, well is hoping kind of oh i'm hoping wishing oh no hoping is a confident expectation of good that when i read a promise i'm i'm hoping for that promise By his stripes, I'm healed. I'm hoping for that promise. That is going to take place in my life. I have a confident expectation of that taking place in my life. Now, I waver from time to time, but the moment I catch myself, oh, I'm operating in doubt, fear, and unbelief, go back to I choose to believe that God is going to heal my body. I choose to believe that God is going to provide for me. I choose to believe that what I'm going through, I'm going through. I'm going to come out the other side. I'm going to be victorious. I choose to believe that I'm the head and not the tail, that I'm above and not beneath. You simply choose to believe. Hope is a confident expectation of good. What's it rooted in? The goodness of God. If God is good, he's going to put good things in my life. So we all want our faith to be increased, right? We all want to be able to stand on the promises of God and see the promises of God come about. We want our faith to grow to where we believe the promises of God and not get tripped up by doubt, fear, and unbelief. We all want that. But watch the Lord's response to the disciples saying, increase our faith verse 6 so the lord said if you have faith as a mustard seed now in mark's gospel jesus said that the mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds so he's emphasizing this so that we understand that you really don't have to have great faith in order to see miracles happen in your life you want to see you need a miracle in your life it can happen this week Well, Pastor Richie, I just got saved or I just started coming. It doesn't matter because all you need is faith like a mustard seed. All you need to do is just have a little bit of faith here. See, but what happens is we go through those times where we're praying and believing and yet we aren't seeing the results of the thing that we're praying and believing God for. You ever been there? And what we typically start to think or sometimes begin to say is, well, I guess I just don't have enough faith. I guess I need more faith. I guess I need to grow my faith But when we're focusing on faith, we're focusing on the wrong thing. Now really stay with me today. Look at this again. Verse 6, so the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, smallest of seeds, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the root and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. How many of you recognize that is not a normal or a natural part of our lives, is it? Now, possibly in West Texas, there might be a lot of people that as they've driven around, they've been saying, maybe you tree, be uprooted and cast into the sea. And it's why we don't have a lot of trees around here. Just going on, we might. But faith, listen to this, does not take natural facts into account. It recognizes they're there, but it doesn't take natural facts into, into account. Faith always brings God into the equation. And when God comes on the scene, the natural becomes supernatural. Amen. Now, I want to make sure you, we understand this too. When I say supernatural, sometimes because we're a TV generation, we can think of, oh, I'm going to become an X-Man, right? Or I'm going to become one of the DC Comics. I'm going to have amazing things. I'm going to be able to see through walls. I'm going to be able to fly around. I'm going to be faster than the speed of sound. I'm to, all these amazing things are going to happen in the supernatural. No. God wants to take the natural things that you're dealing with right now and do supernatural, extraordinary results in that thing you're dealing with right now. You may have been married and been fighting like cats and dogs for years. And God, a couple people nodded, sorry, threw me off. You may have been fighting fighting for years and you're thinking we're always going to be this way. It's always going to be like this. Listen, God can step in in a moment of time and put his super upon your natural and things can change just like that. There's absolutely nothing that is too big or too hard for our God. Listen, in the natural, the doctor's report may not look good. In the natural, your bank account may be in the red. But when you bring God into your situation, your situation gets superfied. Alright, that's a made up word by the way. It's superfied and the natural becomes supernatural. I'm telling you, we are living way beneath our privileges as children of God. We've got the creator of the universe living on the inside of us. There should be supernatural things happening all the time. I tell you, and I know many of you are changing and you're getting this. This past week in my connect group, there was a gentleman who said, Hey, Pastor Richie, you know what? When I'm going out to make a sale, I'm believing now that God's going to make the sale. I'm believing that God's going to do something. We've got to start believing and thinking bigger than what we've been believing and thinking. Now, if God, doesn't, if God closes the door, we go, Oh, praise God. That probably would have been a money pit for me. Amen? So God wants to put his natural or supernatural upon our natural to where even a tree can be uprooted and planted in the sea. And Jesus is saying that all that you need is faith like a mustard seed. Any one of you can have that today. So this is where we need to really begin our journey of faith. Many of you have already had a lot of teaching on faith. But if we're not careful, we can focus so much on having faith that the focus on having faith can actually be detrimental to our faith. Watch this. Because the more we focus on trying to have faith to get the results of God's promises in our life, the more discouraged we can become. Because we think that we're not seeing the miracles and results in our life because we don't have enough faith, but it's really because our eyes are on faith instead of on Jesus. You know what faith, when I'm focusing on faith, I'm focusing on me. Me, myself, and I. what can I do to make this happen? And when I focus on Jesus, it's when it changes everything. Listen, faith is the currency of heaven. It's how things happen and how things change. You see it continually throughout the New Testament. The Bible says that when Jesus saw his faith, when he saw her faith, when he saw their faith, that's when miracles took place. It wasn't when he saw their need. We think God is moved by need. He's not. There were a lot of blind people Sick people that he walked past, he was moved by faith. You know, one time there was a leper that began crying out to him and the crowd said to shut up. And he said, I don't think so. Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. He knew that Jesus was the answer. Yeah, right. Jesus isn't moved by need. He's moved by faith. Yeah. Now, it touches his heart when you have a need. But faith is the currency of heaven. Like on earth, money is the currency. When you use money, things happen, things change. Faith is the currency of heaven. When you use your faith, that is what causes God to respond to whatever it is that we need. It's what causes God to respond to every one of his promises that we're standing on. That we're not allowing ourselves to be uprooted because the circumstances contradict the truth. When the woman who had the issue of blood touched Jesus, Jesus turned around to see who had touched her. Two had touched him. You know, and there were people that were pressing into him and touching him all over the place. But there was one woman who knew the goodness of God, who understood that this is the answer to my situation that I'm dealing with, who crawled through the crowd, even though she was sick, and she touched the hem of his garment. She had had this issue for 12 years. Can I tell you, man, some of you just got to persevere and keep standing on the truth. We are an instant generation that think, God, heal me. Okay, I guess not. Right? God solved my financial issue. time, all right. We gotta gotta persevere. We gotta keep believing, keep trusting. 12 years, but when she touched Jesus, healing flowed out of his body into her body and it healed her. Watch this, what he says in Matthew 9. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Listen, the power of God was involved, but he told her, Jesus told her, your faith has made you well. And again, you see this throughout the New Testament. Jesus constantly keeps saying, your faith has made you well. Now, most of us recognize that it's through faith we come to Christ. It's through faith we receive healing. It's through faith miracles take place in our life. It's through faith. So because we know this, we try and develop great faith. So we study on faith, we focus on faith, we even have faith in faith. But it seems like the more that we focus on faith, faith seems to elude us. And we aren't getting the results that we are finding in God's word. And when that happens, we struggle to believe God's promises. Amen? (laughs) Amen or oh me today, right? We're so focused on faith that suddenly we can't see the promises showing up in our life. Because we're trying to figure out all the time, what's God's part and what's my part? What do I got to do? Okay, by faith I'm saved, but now I'm going to work this out and I'm going to struggle and I'm going to see miracles take place in my life. No. Let, Let me show you what God's part is and let me show you what our part is. Guys, if you throw that up on the screen. When we see God in his grace, when we see God in his goodness, when we see God in his power, when we see God in his love, when he, we see God in his desire to do things for us even though we don't deserve him, that's when he sees us in our faith. Hope you catch that. When we see God as having unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor towards us, that's his part. That's when he sees us in our part, our faith. Our part is I'm looking at God, I'm believing God, I'm trusting God. I, I know that he is the answer. He's not one of many answers. He is the answer. And everything I need is in Him. Outside of Him, there's nothing that I need. When I get in Him and I trust Him, suddenly He's going to start speaking to me and He's going to say, Richie, you need to talk sweet to your wife. First time she said amen today. And it's because the Spirit of Truth because I'm looking to God, I'm looking at his grace, he's now speaking to me how to walk it out. But that's my act of faith, is trusting in the goodness of God, believing in God, knowing that God is for me, absolutely. When we begin to understand all that Christ died to provide for us, and I'm telling you, we, are just, we have just scratched the surface in understanding what God wants to do in our lives, because we keep looking at all the natural circumstances around us and think this is just the best it's ever going to be. But we begin to understand all that he's provided for us. We are understanding his grace. He then sees us in our faith. So my focus is not on me having faith. My focus is on his grace. Upon his power to heal me. Upon his willingness to heal me. Upon his desire to bless my life. See, some of you just got to start believing and receiving that. You got to start declaring that over your life because this is something that we really have to take hold of because God wants every one of his promises to become a reality in our life. He wants us walking so far above the world standards that people are going, wow, tell me about what's happening in your life. Let me tell you about the good news of Jesus Christ. He wants those to become realities in our life and it's all because of the goodness of his nature. He blesses us so that we can be blessed and so that we can be a blessing to others. You know, you guys hear me talk about this with our giving, but can I tell you, when, when you're full of faith and you're full of hope and you're walking through some hell in your marriage or you're walking through some hell in some circumstances in your life and yet you've got a smile on your face and you walk into work and you say, hey man, great to see you today, you just were a blessing. But when you, all, when you walk in like Igor or Eeyore, Igor or Eeyore, either one would probably work and you got this downtrodden face you're not a blessing I'm not saying you always have to be Captain, Amer- Captain Christian and just always amazing in your life but I'm saying listen when you're trusting in God your circumstances don't matter your situation doesn't matter you're above the circumstances you're walking on everything that God has promised you you'd walk on so you know that what you're going through you're going through you're going to come out the other side you're not picking up burdens from other people Can I tell you, some of you got some people in your life that they're not trusting in the favor of God and they keep trying to pile all their junk on top of you. You got to start throwing it back saying, no, no, let me just tell you about the goodness of God. Let me tell you about the favor of God. Let me tell you that if God's for you, who can be against you? No one, no thing. It's amazing. He blesses us so that we can be a blessing. But listen, God blessing us is not about more stuff. More stuff won't make you happy. More stuff won't bring you joy. Listen, stuff is nice. It is. And man, we preach forever against it. Listen, when you have a nice vehicle or a nice home, nice clothes, those things are nice. But they're not going to bring joy into your life. It's not about more stuff. It's about the goodness of God. Him doing good things in your life is because of Him, not for more stuff in your life. Because see, as we're kind of walking through this, and especially as we're kind of immature as Christians, we're like immature kids. And sometimes with our kids, when we bless them, not in my family, but sometimes when we're blessing our kids, they just want to be blessed more. They want more and more and more. But the more they mature and begin to understand, it's about, oh, Dad, thank you for being so kind. Suddenly they start being thankful for what they've got. You want to actually pour more into their lives. So it's not about what God does. I'm thankful for what he does. And you should be thankful. You should be believing and receiving the things he's going to do. But it's because it's tangible evidence of his goodness in your life. Yeah. Yeah. See, if I, told you that the, if I told you that I was really a good guy and every time I was around you, I wasn't nice to you, I wasn't kind to you, I didn't do things to invest in your life. Listen, I'm working as hard as I can to spoil my wife as much as I can. Because I want her to know that I'm a good guy. Thank you. She said amen again, right? But listen, if I just said I'm a good guy and I never did nice things to her, would she actually think that I'm a good guy? And and we we preach the message of poverty and lack all the time. And then we're wondering why when we're talking to the world about a good God, they're going, that's not good. Man, I'm preaching today. Listen, we got to understand the goodness of God. It's all about the goodness of God. The goodness of God is what pours things into our life and blesses us. That the Bible says the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no sorrow to it. That the favor of the Lord is chasing us down. But listen, what you need is you need the spirit of truth to guide you into all truth. Because if you were raised like me, right now you're wrestling in your mind about that and you're going, I don't know if I believe that. You've got to make a choice right now to believe what you're going to believe. You choose what you believe. Just so you know, if you let your feelings guide you, you'll be all over the place with your belief. But if you just stand up and say, I choose to believe the promises of God. And make it a declaration in your life, it's going to change you. So here's where we're going to start growing in our faith, walking in our faith, and fighting the good fight of faith. We're going to start believing and receiving the grace, the goodness, the favor, the power, and the promises of God into our lives. So, what I'm asking you to do with me during this series. I'm asking you to take a journey with me on some things, again, that your mind is just wrestling against. I'm asking you to step into this moment and receive the goodness of God into your life. We're going to make a decision that we're going to believe every one of the promises of God. I don't care how long you've lived your life and, and, and it seemed contrary to the, the word of God, that fact is not going to trump the truth of God's word. We're going to make that decision. And we're going to allow the spirit of truth on things we don't understand to lead and guide us into all truth. It's going to be a supernatural journey that God's going to take us on. And I'm telling you that when you do this, you're going to start overcoming some obstacles in your life. There are some of you, for years as a follower of Jesus Christ, you've had an obstacle that keeps tripping you up. You're going to walk in victory in your life. There's some of you that you've been trying to overcome some stuff through self-effort, through self-will, through discipline because I'm trying to prove to God how how holy I am or whatever. Listen, some of you are going to start walking in some victory. Some of you are going to start seeing some dreams come true in your life. And the reason why they're going to start coming true is because you're going to get your gaze focused upon Jesus Christ. And you're going to get your eyes off other people. You're going to get your eyes off your circumstances. You're going to get your eyes off your situation. You're going to get your eyes off your past. You're going to keep your eyes on Christ. And when you see God in his grace and you start believing in the promises and the goodness of God, that's when he he is going to see you and your faith and supernatural things are going to start taking place. So I want to pray over you today. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.